This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.ubs.com for further information about UBS. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to UBS Global Research Pod Hub, a channel that shares insights from economists, strategists, and equity analysts on the pivotal questions and events shaping today's markets. My name is Kat Gordon. I head up the U.S. Energy Specialty Sales Effort here at UBS. And I'm here with Amy Wong, our Global Oil Field Services Analyst, for a high-level discussion on her recent flagship report on the cost of global energy transition titled, How Will $140 trillion of Investment Be Allocated Across the Supply Chain? The report takes a top-down look at different spending scenarios that could theoretically see net zero achieved by 2050 and examines the impacts on a sector-by-sector basis. Okay, to kick it off, Amy, what do you want investors to take away from your 70-plus page report? Hi, Kat. Thanks for hosting this podcast. Um, in terms of your question on what do we want investors to take away from this report, I think first and foremost... Energy transition is underway, and without doubt, it is gaining momentum. This is driven by policy, technology, and changing consumer behavior. The world wants to get to net zero. But energy transition is not just about switching from fossil fuel to clean energy generation. A lot of other things need to happen as well. It's not going to be easy, and there are many things that need to happen. So we expect a big shift in investments needed to retool the world's existing capital base to run on clean energy. And as you said, and you know, the title of our report is how will 140 trillion of investments be allocated across the supply chain? So based on our analysis of various scenarios, that's what we think is going to be needed from now to 2050 in order to achieve decarbonization of the energy supply. Very interesting, Amy. Perhaps you can elaborate on the point of other things that need to happen if the world wants to achieve net zero. Sure. So clean energy generation like wind and solar power, you know, that is the low hanging fruit. Um, You know, it's a well-trodden path for investors, um, consumers, everybody knows about that. But based on our analysis, switching to clean energy um, is, is not enough. The world will also need to ensure there is the infrastructure to deliver that new energy. So, for example, electricity grids need to be upgraded if the world increases the use of electricity. If e-fuels like hydrogen gain prominence, pipeline infrastructure may also need to be upgraded as well. So another area of spend is infrastructure. Now, other than clean energy and infrastructure, we need to think about the research and development that needs to go into improving all this technology, lowering costs as well. So R&D is definitely another area of spend. Also, in our report, we looked at a lot of different scenarios for getting to net zero carbon emissions. And in almost all scenarios, there is still fossil fuel that still needs to be used. And, you know, that will that mix will decline over time, but it still stays part of the energy mix. So not only does the world need to continue to invest in fossil fuel supply, you know, because there is still CO2 being emitted, um, we will, you know, the world will need to see carbon dioxide removal or more commonly called carbon capture and storage, you know, probably build up as an industry as well. So in summary, there's, you know, just there, we identified five areas of spend, which that $140 trillion will need to be spread over between now and 2050. Clearly a lot of dynamics at play to think about here. 
you know, how about we discuss feedback you've received from investors on the note? Because I know this has been one of the most widely read reports at UBS over the last few weeks. And not just from clean tech investors, but also like a lot of generalists and thematic investors. What's been some of the more thought-provoking discussions you've had with investors in reaction to your report? Sure, Kat. I mean, it definitely has been a very busy few weeks since the launch of the report and lots of um, discussions with investors and from various different backgrounds and different um, you know, levels of knowledge as well. But I would say two things really jump out. Firstly, the investors really like that all the analysis is in one place. Inside the report, you know, not only did we identify five areas of spend, but we worked with over 20 UBS analysts across the globe to understand how energy transition can impact their particular industry. So we went to airlines, aerospace, cement, steel, oil and gas, oil services, natural gas, uh, chemicals, just to name a few. And, you know, we also asked the analysts themselves, like, how do you think energy transition will impact the companies, whether it's positive or negative? So really, we tried to put all of this analysis all in one place. And investors really like that because, you know, they don't have to go to five different reports to understand the dynamics of solar, the dynamics of wind, you know, or the dynamics of hydrogen. You know, it's, 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 it's top down, but married with the bottom up as well. Secondly, investors really like the framework of decomposing the carbon dioxide problem. I mean, quite frankly, um, you know, when you open newspapers or, you know, journals that talk about energy transition and climate change, it's a very complex topic. And, and there seems to be a lot of interconnected issues as well. But the framework that we chose to use and introduce in this report actually decomposes the carbon dioxide problem into four main drivers, being number one, population number two, GDP per capita, number three, energy intensity, and number four, carbon intensity. The amount of CO2 that this world is emitting can be really simplified you know, into these four main drivers. And when you can very clearly see what the drivers are, you can begin to address each driver and see how investments in each area can start to um, help uh, address the CO2 problem. And that's how we came up with our framework and, you know, our overall investment dollars of 140 trillion. You know, what's also interesting is it's not static either. We understand that there's a lot of different drivers, a lot of different components. So we actually built an interactive model to allow investors to actually put in their own assumptions as well. So you'll see actually, as you read on the report, 140 trillion um, of cumulative investments of 2050, that's the midpoint of our analysis. We actually came up with a range of 120 to 160 trillion, depending on the various different economic scenarios and you know, different assumptions around clean energy mix as well. So definitely, um, you know, another area that investors really appreciated was the, the various scenario analyses that you can do in this report. Very interesting. I mean, I know I really learned a great deal myself after reading your report, and we certainly don't have time to go through it all today in one podcast. So just to tie it all together here, what would be the key conclusions that you want our listeners to take away from today? So as you said, Kat, you know, it's very difficult to summarize a 70-page report, but, you know, I'll try to give you three key takeaways. Firstly, the outcome of each pathway to get to net zero is hugely dependent on the macro environment, including the population growth, the GDP per capita growth, and energy intensity. So it really depends on how much energy at the, in 2050 we're going to be consuming to understand how the CO2 pathway is going to develop. 
The second takeaway is, you know, there are various scenarios of getting there. And even within a set of scenarios that are all, you know, compliant with the Paris Agreement, the final energy demand is very different. And the amount of clean energy that's going to be needed is very different. So based on our analysis, clean energy as a percentage of total energy consumption will need to increase from the current levels of 15% to at least 55% by 2050 or earlier if the world you know, is going to have a chance at hitting that net zero target by 2050. Thirdly, all net zero scenarios uh, involve some form of carbon dioxide removal. I mean, there is a widespread recognition that carbon capture and storage will be needed to meet emission goals. I mean, there is a growing view that it's not just about the cost of addressing uh, carbon dioxide, but that companies are starting to talk about building up a carbon dioxide removal business, and it can actually be a profit center as well. So those are the three key takeaways I, I leave our, our listeners with at this point. Great. Thanks so much, Amy. And I also want to say thanks to our listeners for tuning in and visiting the UBS Research Pod Hub. Have a great day. This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content. It has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regulatory, or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2021. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.